you know how mums a lot of the time they don't feel comfortable saying how hard something is yeah. because of what someone will think? Yeah. I think we also do that the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like you don't want to, if something is going really well, yeah. you almost don't want to say yeah. it yeah. because you don't want people to be like, Ugh. yes. And that's one thing as well because I'm quite an open and like a positive and I, I sometimes feel guilty because I have loved my experience so much mm. and I'm like oh like do I say that but then it's like no like I should share like your my, share your truth yeah because it I yeah, know it will be hard hi everyone welcome back to the our village needs podcast we are sitting down with Harriet today. Hi, Harriet. Thank Hello. you for coming. Um, so Harriet is a first-time mum. She's got a beautiful little boy named Billy who's 18 months old. And I actually just answered my first question I was going to ask you about yeah. how old is Billy? <laughs> yeah, he's 18 months old. I'm a little bit sad because I did miss the 18-month birthday mark two weeks oh, ago. Yeah. yeah, I'm lame and I do celebrate those little milestones, yeah, but I missed I it. So, yeah. so I just wanted to talk to you about your experience as a first-time mum I guess because it's still like I say fresh yeah because he is only 18 months old but um before you had kids what did you expect it to be like did you have any expectations of what it might be like I will say I still claim myself as a new mum at 18 months yes it is still fresh for me um before I had kids I worked with kids so I've always um I've always worked with early childhood. I studied early childhood, so I worked in childcare centres, did nannying, babysitting, teacher rating. I had a lot to do with kids before having kids, um, but I always knew I could give them back. Yeah. So that was, I had this like undying love, dying love for these children, but I was always able to give them back. But I was a bit nervous to have children because the love I felt for these kids that were random people's kids, like how much would I feel? So yes, I am a smotherer. But anyway, so life of four kids, I can't, I was familiar with them. Um, I also got to help my sister a lot. She had twins. So I, I got to see a lot of the real, raw realness through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sister, open bonding. and Yeah, yeah. 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 And did that, um, when you were able to see it from that perspective, mm. did that sort of, how did that make you feel? Was it like, okay, yep, I can do yeah. this? Or was it like, oh, my God, there's more yeah. to this than I was thinking? I, I feel like the care in itself. Self, I was able to do like that having that little person depending on me I could I could manage that but the thing that I was scared of was managing everything else while being a mum yeah. which is what yeah. I do yeah. struggle with now um and my sister she's amazing at everything mm. extremely organized I'm we're polar opposites so I oh, was really? a bit like oh no like you know even things like paying bills on time and stuff I, I used to struggle with that so yeah, yeah. Uh, being a mum looking for a kid I think that that was looking after my child I think that was not scary it's just all the other everything fitting else, it into yeah. the life. um how was your pregnancy did you enjoy pregnancy did you oh. not enjoy it was it you know textbook Look, I'm a drama queen. <laughs> I, I was very lucky with my pregnancy. So I was working. I'm a big talker. I'll just mm-hmm. put that in there. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, it's better than the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I um, I fell pregnant by surprise. Yeah. But, yeah, like I was pretty good with the pregnancy itself. Like I would just eat. I'd start to feel sick. Eat, 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 ate a lot. Yeah. Ate my way through the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that would have been, I think about five or six months, we went on to school holidays, the mm. Christmas holidays, and um, I did 
I think everything to make it enjoyable, like at the food and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you struggle with any sort of pain anywhere? I did get sciatica quite early on, um, which was interesting because I was yeah I was just getting the pain in my leg, and I think that's what was making school a little bit hard. I wasn't big yet, but I was getting these pains, and the only Mm. way you couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Um. So I was getting massages, but yeah, they were just temporary fixes. Like it was, and it would just shoot through the pain, through the um leg. That was painful, um, but no other than that, like the nausea would come, I would eat. And that um, would help nausea. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I think I might have had morning sickness, but I'd quickly eat a lolly yeah, or something, yeah. and I think that eating helped. Did you have any, it. like, weird cravings or anything Oh, like my that? God, strawberry milk shakes. Oh, I, that's I, very specific. Yeah, <laughs> so I, um, when I was in Yarram and I was getting strawberry breakers, yep. and then when I was at home, here I was like, yeah, making we have milkshake maker. I was making strawberry oh, milkshakes. Nice. It was a lot. And then um, this is another random sidebar, but I'm celiac. Yes. I, I found yep. out six months into my pregnancy that you can eat whatever you want when you are a celiac. Well, you, can, you can eat gluten when you're a celiac when you're pregnant because it's an autoimmune disease. This will be good. This will be good for people that might need this information. So because it's an autoimmune disease, your body goes into – the disease goes into remission when you're pregnant because you – your immune system goes so low. I'm trying yeah. to explain it so it makes sense. Your immune system goes so low that the disease of celiacs disappears oh. while you're pregnant because if your immune system stayed up, it would technically fight the baby. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, Ooh. the dietitian okay. said to me, don't, don't go crazy. Just eat little bits because the problem will be when you're not pregnant anymore. It would yeah. be hard to adjust back. Did I listen? No, I went rogue. I was eating like two <laughs> cream buns a day. Like I, and then I did put on quite a lot of weight after that because I was eating all the foods I couldn't eat. But yeah, the second I'll take I, advantage of yes, it. <laughs> and now I can't wait to be pregnant again. But the second I had that baby, I couldn't eat again, and I did have that is yeah, amazing. I did I have. Not know that. I know, and I, okay, it's not very common knowledge. The only reason no. I know was because the public system, which I'm so grateful for, said you're a celiac. You should see nutri- dietitian, nutritionist, one of the two. And, yeah, it's six months into it. I was like, what a waste of six months. Yeah, so you had three months to fit all yeah. that food. <laughs> but it's it's not really not common. Like they don't – I just don't think there's a lot of knowledge I around that. I have no idea. Yeah, so I'm an advocate for telling people you can eat whatever you want yeah, when you're pregnant. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to ask you about was what sort of birth did you – see yourself having slash what did you want and then what kind of birth did you have yeah birth story um so what did I see myself having I really wanted no drugs water birth I was like yep I'm I'm a little bit want to be hippie not definitely not a hippie haven't let go yet but I you know I love the idea of that calm um yeah entering to the world what happened? I think 36, 38 hour labor. Oh um, Billy God. turned, he was perfect position the entire pregnancy, turned posterior. The, the, I think in my last checkup, it was so long ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, last checkup, he flipped around. So he didn't really have a good chance of flipping yeah. back around, which I will say, posterior 
babies are like the most painful thing ever. Like I could. Does that mean his back was too On your my back. back. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're doing the contractions and you can count down, yeah. I couldn't work out. And maybe it's just me because I'd never done it before, but I couldn't work out when the contractions were stopping and starting. Because of that back Yeah. Labor. I just yeah. had that yeah. pain. <laughs> I was in the spare room because I wanted Matt to have a good sleep and I just couldn't sleep. I was just, I was in agony at that stage. It was ramping up. It was three and 10. But yeah, as I said, I couldn't mm. identify when they were starting and stopping. I had a very good friend um, who's a midwife. I was messaging her and I was like, do I oh, go good. to the hospital? Yeah. But then I didn't know if I could do it anymore. I had the scalding hot shower on. That was all I could do. Mm, so and that helped? Yeah. Well, I just couldn't get out. Yeah, I couldn't do anything else. I was just like mm. when I was in there sitting down, it was just the best. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so nothing else no. helped while you are at home. Yeah, and then I think it got to maybe 3 or 4 a.m., of me, I'd been in the shower for like three hours and I woke my partner and was like, let's go. And he's like, sure, sure. We drove and that was so painful. I was, couldn't really sit in the car properly. Yeah. Got to the hospital. Um, so this beautiful midwife was like, he's flipped. She's like, what's your idea for birth? And I said, natural. And she said, I just want to give you a heads up now that because of his positioning and like you're, you know, you've been in labor for so long, you might have trouble delivering naturally. And I was like, okay, good. Like I was glad that I had that information mm. anyway she gave me an endone and um <laughs> sent me home she was like you need to oh, go home okay. and sleep because I was only three centimeters dilated so oh. I'd been in labor for like 13 14 hours by that stage but only dilated three centimeters so went home which was the worst pain ever in that car yeah that car ride anyway got home um tried to just keep busy and she said she'd said to me go for 24 hours like come back when it's been a 24 hour gap and she said if if you haven't dilated anymore in that time, it'll probably be a C-section. Mm. Um, so I went home and then, yeah, got to the 24-hour mark, came back to the hospital in agony. Um, they were trying to send me home again. They were saying that you can go to, up to 48 hours. But, like, by that stage I had the consistent, I was like, I, I don't care anymore. I want, like, I want drugs. I want mm. help. I want this baby out. And because that other midwife had said to me that, you know, it probably wouldn't happen. And I had only, di- I hadn't changed my dilation in that, yeah. like in that last. Okay. So you're still at the three. I was still at three there. centimeters. I never yeah. got past three. Yeah. And I was like, in. I was, I stripped off naked. I was vomiting. Like I was in so mm. much pain. And yes, I am dramatic, but it was really bad. Anyway, um, they were trying to send me home. And I was like, I don't want to go home. Yeah. My partner was saying, I'll meet you at home. I'll, I'll go home. I was like, I'll meet you there. Like, I'm not going home. Like, I'm just staying here. I'm having this baby. So then my my mm. midwife student friend, her name's Geordie, I'll say her name so that it's not confusing. She ended up coming in and that was the best thing like ever for the birth because she ended up going into bat for me and went out to the like head midwife or whoever she was and was like, that woman's not going home, we need to help her. Oh, good. Um, so you had an advocate. Had an advocate because, yeah, yeah my part, like God love him, but he was just like, what do I what do? I do? What do I do? Yeah, like, I think that's gonna... really common, isn't yeah. it? Especially for first time around, yeah. the guys are just sort of like, yeah really do much yeah and it's like the medical professionals telling you to go home go home and then mm. so um yeah so thank god for her but it was still another three hours in that room I felt like I was in a scene from Saw because it was just mm. one room and you're just like like vomit like they didn't even okay I'm not bagging out the public system but this one woman like I vomited and I she didn't clean it up I ended up using the sheet from the bed to clean it up they didn't even get me a replacement sheet well it was this one woman she didn't even get me a replacement seat sheet so I'm like trying to sit on this bloody like um thank god for Geordie being there then when that woman changed over shifts so she went home and then Mm. another midwife came in and she was like let's let's get this going like I'll get yeah. an epidural so that what it was just that one woman that was holding up 
everything. Anyway, so this other woman came in. They got me straight on an epidural, which I was like, thank you, because I can't deal with this pain anymore. Were you able to sit still to have that put in? Because I know you have to sit still. That was the hardest part because I couldn't really sit still, but I was like, just focus, focus, breathe, breathe, because I was like, I knew what was on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I I just couldn't deal with that pain anymore. But, Mm. um, yeah, I got the epidural. Um, and relief yeah instant relief but then I was started enjoying it I was asking dumb questions like oh what's everyone having for dinner today it's now (laughs) dinner time like I was really Matt ended up going to get himself red rooster I started enjoying it um so that was really cool but then they did a tech they did like the dilation check still three centimeters so oh, I wasn't, gosh. I'd now been in over 24 hours and my, my body wasn't doing it. I don't know what, yeah. it just didn't want to do it. So um, lucky they did the check and then I don't know what they've done, some other little medical examines and they found out that he'd meconium. Is that it? Yeah, I had the yeah. same thing Is as it, Camden. Do you the call poo. it meconium? Meconium, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they found out that and then it was like, oh, we're going to have to go for an emergency C-section I because I was on the epidural or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. And they were really calm. Everyone was really calm about mm. it. Um, they're like, we need to go. And then my, my partner's down at Red Rooster getting himself the dinner. And I'm on the phone like, you got to come back and, you know, we've got to go yeah, do don't this. Yeah, about dinner. It's, it's go time. <laughs> but, of course, I was so blase. I was like, oh, this is happening. And he's like, I'll just wait for my chips. And then the, doc, the doctor took the phone and goes, get up here now. So he's come, he has come up with his full bag of Red Rooster, sits in the chair, and they're like, we've got to go. So he starts having to scrub up. And we went, we did go down, but it was, I'd always envisioned emergency C-sections as like, oh, my God. And yep. they were just so calm. They ended up pulling him out and he wasn't breathing. I think they... Okay. They cut him Jeez. and he wasn't breathing. And cut then, the cord. Yep. Yeah. They, sorry, they cut him. They, they cut him. the cord. <laughs> um, and then so Geordie, the one I spoke of, my midwife friend, she actually stood between me and Billy. Mm. But she had done that because they were doing the chest compressions on him. And, of course, oh. but everyone was so calm. Yeah. I, I'm not, no joke. Like Matt was over there and I was looking at him and he looked all good and I was like, I just can't see my baby. And Did I, that make you feel a bit better in um, that moment? Or were I, you- I had a, I'd had a lot of morphine at this stage. So my jaw was chattering. Yeah. I like, I'd felt like I'd had, was on a bit of a drug overdose. So I was mm. like, I was more like just trying to tell myself to be present in the moment and like be excited. But like, it was like all self-talk. I was like, oh, I want to be good. So when I, I didn't want to feel like that when I saw him for the first time. Yeah. But of course they, you know, then the moment they put the baby on the chest, they couldn't do that because he wasn't breathing. And then I remember they put him next to me and I looked at him and turned the other way and vomited. And because oh. I was cut off, I couldn't sit up. Yeah. So I just had to vomit all through my hair. Yeah. Anyway, he was next to me and he got taken and they, like next two hours or whatever while they sewed up. So it was a pretty, people would say it was a traumatic birth experience, but the people that were there made it not. Yeah, I when, know what you mean. When I, I, mean. Yeah, yeah, when I talk about it, people are like, what? That, what happened? And I'm like, yeah, but it was, like, I was actually like high-fiving the doctors going, <laughs> you guys did such a good job. But, yeah, so that was the birth experience. So when you were, so during labour and birth, how did your partner support you? Um, Like what was he able to do that was supportive? He supports me in that he, he's very, you can do, like I can do whatever I want. Like he's like, oh, you know, like whatever you say goes. So that, that was helpful. Um, Would you say he was really supportive by being your advocate? No. 
No, no, sorry, Mark, but he was not an advocate. He was too kind. He, he will be better next time because he was just like, whatever. Um, I guess the preparations, he was good because um, leading up to the, the birth, I was home so much and he was obviously seeing me and you, I don't know, I, I did go a little bit crazy because I was stuck at home with the COVID yeah, and yeah. I think that that really did affect me just not being able to see people. Um, and he was supportive in that way. Like, you know, he'd go and get the things I needed. I think one day I was <laughs> desperate on getting the Terry Tao birth cloth, the Terry Tao nappies as yep. a burping yep. cloth. Yep. And I was having a, a melt, like a legit meltdown. I was in like sobbing because I couldn't find them online. Yeah, okay. And I needed to do an online order to pick it up. And so he kind of held, he, you know, he didn't make me feel like an idiot. Yeah. Which when you think about it, that was so dumb that I was oh my you're God. pregnant and you're home. Yes, I'm tearing up about it now, but I, I just couldn't find these bloody Terry Towers. Anyway, I showed him what they were and I'm pretty sure he went and got them for me. But those sort of things, he was very kind um, in, yeah. to me when I was in an un, unknown, unfamiliar territory. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. it was a really good, uh, like, safe place. Yes, yes, you. yes. Yeah. This is probably common for a lot of mothers or I'm just a psycho, but I had to have that baby bag packed. Oh, and I was I, the same. I had to have everything set up in the nursery. And, it, like, in my mind I was like, once I have that baby, I can't leave the house and get anything. Like I didn't, Yeah, I was the same. I don't know why it no, was like I that. I was exactly. It's the nesting. Yes. I, think, I really think it's nesting. Because yeah, Matt's just going, go. Matt's going, you realise that I can still go places no matter what. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but... But what if it's like 12 o'clock at night and I need it? Like I just wanted it all there. So, yeah. No, I was exactly the same. (laughs) So I totally get you on You get yourself turning into a psycho. Um, (laughs) Mentally and emotionally, how did you think you'd cope Mm -hmm. in those early days? Mm -hmm. And then how did you cope in those early days? Um, I'm pretty lucky. I didn't really get the baby blues or maybe there was one day. Maybe there was one day. um, But I was quite, it was quite like the, the transition was quite seamless. I don't, I, I, I don't yeah. know. I took it. I got it quite naturally. But what was really hard was Matt got COVID. Um, so we got home from the hospital and he tested positive. I think two two days. So he later. might have got it at the hospital. Yeah, or something. I struggled with that because I was like, all right, we're going to put him in his. We don't, don't want to co sleep. Don't want to co sleep because I just didn't want to do it. And um, mm-hmm. and then of course. He was, Billy was doing a little crying thing and I'm like, oh, my God, i got to pick him up. Matt's like, Harriet, he's fed, he's clean. Like he was really supportive in that. But then, of course, when Matt got COVID, I had to choose whether I keep him at home or I isolate without, you know, send Matt somewhere else. I was just scared of what it would do to the newborns. But I had a girl that I'd worked with that same thing had happened. Her partner got COVID and she isolated and she mm. said that, if she had the time again, she wouldn't do that. Mm. So I, of course, was like, all right, I'm going to keep him in the house, just keep him in a different room. Yeah. yeah, we did the same thing. But um, that I found at night time then it was like Billy was in bed with me. Like I just kept him but because I didn't have that um, reassurance that Billy was okay. That was really affecting me because I needed him to be like, it's okay, it's okay. He did this cry when we first got home from the hospital. Matt went, what do, what do you do when he does this cry? And I said, he's never done that cry before. Yeah, and were you able to differentiate between no, cries? This cry was like like a, um, a pterodactyl. <laughs> it was like holy. And he honestly, in the hospital, he was this perfect little baby. I'd breastfeed oh, him, he'd go to are. sleep. And I was like, oh, my God, this is super easy. It was mm-hmm. that first cry that Matt was like, okay. But it was cool because Matt was doing the padding and the rocking. I've still got a video of it. But um. Aww. Yeah, so I think that that only thing that was hard was because also Matt was not lo- really looking at me 
and um in that week mm. and I found that really weird but yeah I was sort of like I'd be like babe look look anyway it turned out like after a few days I was like why like is something wrong like why mm. aren't you looking at me and it turned out he it, he was in pain that he couldn't touch me or touch the baby so he just didn't even want to look at us but of course in my own mind instead of just asking and being an open communicator I was like yeah. oh it's this it's you just snow like catastrophize yeah. and snowball yeah. hey I did the same thing yeah it was really but I'm honestly normally such a good communicator but it was just in this very new transition I I just forgot who I was I think and I forgot to ask those questions when I got to the bottom of it, the beginning I was like you monster <laughs> I'm like what but he's just like I can't even touch you or the baby yeah so that and when you found that out you were like sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> two more days yeah it was pretty hard like the midwives had to like come and like sit on the balcony and I'd because you know someone was in the house but then I had to like yell out the window that was tough oh okay yeah so they literally had to be outside and that's how you had your appointments. Yeah, they wouldn't come into the house because Billy, because oh. uh, Matt, Matt had been in the house. So Matt would go out the back. And I yeah. was like, he's not in here. And they're like, no, no, we can't come in. I'll be like, okay. Yeah. So, so you do his weigh and measure and like <laughs> take him to the front balcony, which he wasn't rolling at this stage. But we don't have like you know panels or anything. So I was like freaking out that he was going to miraculously roll off. And yeah, you take him out, you'd undress him, and you'd just put him on the scales like that on the on, oh. the, front, on the front balcony. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, the things we had to do in COVID. Yes, yeah, right? and now it's not even a thing. What would you say was the biggest shock coming home with a newborn, like all of a sudden? Oh. Well, not all of a sudden, but, you know, you've got a baby to look after now. Mm. What was the biggest shock to the system? Oh, the t I was so tired. I think the yeah, biggest how shock. how much it affected you. Yeah, I think, and because I, I did, I was um, a bit of a party girl, so, like, I have done, like, sleepless nights before and this like it was like a baby bender like and people mm. talk about it, but you know being like three nights four nights however I don't even know how long I'd spent in the hospital but you know getting woken up blah blah I yeah. think I, I've yeah. never been I've been that sleep deprived but then having the little person yeah that was a little bit scary mm. um it really sends you mad yeah Sleep yeah. deprivation, it mm. honestly sends you mad. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And, like, it was, yeah, I, like, I felt, like, a, a weak and everything. But, of course, for the first two days it was okay because Matt could be there. And Matt, mm. we didn't know he had COVID, so he was holding the baby then. But, yeah, after that it was like, oh, my God, if I drop it, that was the, the, the harsh reality. I was so scared that I was going to drop him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a really clumsy person. I drop everything. I don't know how I haven't dropped him and I really hope I never will. But <laughs> well, as he gets bigger and yeah. bigger, yeah. it won't he, be as much of a yeah. problem. But he might wiggle do. out of my arms. It'll be his yeah. fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. They but bounce. Yeah. Yeah. They bounce. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give to a new mum who's just in those early oh, days nice. looking back now that you've done it? Oh, it's that's such a hard question, Shona. Oh. <laughs> I um Because you know what? I hate advice. I hated Okay. What I found was I hated being given so much different advice. advice. Yes, yeah. and also because the midwives, there was so I didn't have the continuity of care. There was so many much contradicting advice. I guess though, yeah. this is my bit of advice: do your own thing, whatever works for you and your family. No pressure on breastfeeding. No pressure on anything. You do yeah, what works it's for only you. Only a problem if it's a yeah, problem yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So I, I think that. that that, yeah, I did send myself a little bit crazy about the breastfeeding. Um, Mm -hmm. And I could do it, but I had a supply problem. They said pretty early on he'll probably have to go to formula, but I was like, no, 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 I want to do it, I want to do it. Kept mm -hmm. doing it, ended up doing the one bottle a day because the doctor had told me to. I can't. I think that might have been at six weeks. 
just one bottle a day and I kept doing the breastfeeding. But, yeah, even when I started up in bottles, he didn't get fatter. Like he just yeah. he's just not a fat boy. So then Can that was really good. Same. Yeah, it yeah. was good that I was like, okay, it's not my fault. He now eats like bowls of pasta as big as me and he's still a tiny little boy. So, mm. yeah. I guess my advice is just, I don't know, take the only listen to people that I don't know. Try not to listen to everyone. Yeah, just do what you need to do. No, I really like that. Find the one person that you really can trust to uh, get advice from maybe. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, So if you could go back and do Billy's first year of life over again, would you do anything different? Oh, I don't. I don't think so. No. no, I love, I really, I'm the cringeworthy cliche. Like I've loved every minute and I think, oh, I should have said this in the advice part. This one bit of advice I got mm. from one of the midwives was in cherish every moment, even the bad ones, because every moment is just a moment. Yeah, and it will pass. Yeah, and that has really helped me because even in the times where he was up, like, you know, obviously I was breastfeeding here. I was up five, six times a night, but I was enjoying, I just made sure I enjoyed it. Mm. enjoyed those moments because I was like it's going to pass and there'll be something else what was the most useful and the most useless baby products that you bought there's so many good things mm. um Yuki Bear I love the Yuki Bear for when he gets a little bit sniffly yep, yep. and the Yuki Bear um <laughs> rub when he gets a little bit sniffly I feel like that really helps him um the most useless thing I don't know why I'm talking about when he's sick because he's not really sick that much but the sucks not sucker thing it didn't really but like the actual battery powered no the, the, the squeezy the yeah I got squeezy one yeah I got that one once. well I couldn't get it in his nose because he wouldn't oh. stay still um and he was re- he really hated it but I guess that's probably the only real thing I've bought that ha- I haven't been able to use yeah there, but by all means there are so many good things that I've got did you struggle during pregnancy or in the postpartum period with the changes that your body went through? I think I struggled with the weight that I gained because, I, as I said, I ate so much food. Mm. I'd always been little. I think in school I was a bit bigger, but when I finished school I was little, uh, like mm. 18 to 28 I was quite tiny and mm. I didn't really work for that. I could eat whatever I wanted and I just had a really good metabolism. And then, of course, had the baby breastfeeding curl lose all my weight I was 55 pre-pregnancy got up to 80 kilos after Billy was born yeah so like I thought I'd have him and then I'd be back to normal because my best friend also had a baby right around the time as me and that happened to her breastfeeding got so skinny I people (laughs) always say that and I'm like it's a lie one in the world who has breastfed no still breastfeeding no and you're not the only one. I feel like my body was holding the weight. So I think what I struggled with, and everyone's going, just be kind, just be kind. But I struggled with not looking, you know, not not being able to lose the weight because I'd never had to, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so then, it was all really new territory. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like eating, and not that it matters what you look like, but I just wanted to be able to wear clothes and look good in the mirror, and I didn't feel that way Um and then, of course, because I had the C-section, I'd never had a, I'd never done any research about it because it was, you know, not yeah. planned. And I didn't, I wasn't aware that it was is it six weeks or twelve weeks that you can't do exercise. I think it's six weeks. Six and weeks. You can start to go for a little bit. Well, of a yeah. So I think that was like far out. I can't even do that. And I do need um, exercise for mental health. Like I, yeah, like I really yeah, need those yeah. endorphins. So I struggled with that. What gets you through the hard days? It's not necessarily hard days with Billy. Like it's sometimes that I just get overwhelmed with everything. Like I feel 
a lot like I'm I'm spread very thin and I feel yeah. like I'm not able to be the best at one thing because I've got so you know yeah. just that that line that I'm spread thin so the hard I guess I've now incorporated into my life exercise yeah. So, um, and I've always, I've always loved exercise, but of course working, it was really hard to fit it in somewhere. So now I'm like, no, I actually need to go, I'd go to Woodfit. They've built an amazing community there, but it's really good um, for just my head. Totally and then it's, that. it's work though, like go, just going to the gym or just moving twice a week. It's not like, oh my God, I've got so many gains, but I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah. I feel good. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. That's really good. Um, so I asked you before what the hardest part was, what's been the best bit? Just looking at him. Like I look at yeah. Billy and I just think, wow. And I just the, the father that Matt's evolved into as well, like he's, you know, he was always an amazing man, but just watching. So I don't know, some days I just sit and watch them and I'm yeah. just like, oh, that is just. And you just think how oh, bloody lucky. I'm tearing up about it. I just think the concept that I obviously I've always loved kids, but the concept that that little kid is like half the man I love and half me. Yeah. I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah. That's. Yeah. That's probably the best thing about it. And seeing it right now at the age he's at, seeing the world through his eyes, like I've, by all means, I've loved every stage because I forced myself to. But um, yeah, like I know just go, going to the beach on the holidays with him, it's like, oh, now there's things that I'm noticing that I don't really, didn't used to notice. And I just think that there's mm. going to be so many cool experiences that I will be able to have seeing the yeah. world through his eyes again. Um, yeah everything's just so exciting for him yeah, yeah I love that I love that you're so positive about it because even just that about the beach I I'm gonna blame this on my depression and just the way my mind is but yep. something like going to the beach for the day I automatically think oh gotta yep. pack a bag yeah he's gonna be out of his sleep running what are we gonna eat yeah like, is he gonna run for the waves is he gonna, <laughs> yeah, is he gonna get sunburned yeah. we have to chase after him he's gonna have a tantrum yeah. when we go so I really admire in you yeah. that how positive. you look like yeah, yeah positive because I'm blaming the depression for my, for how I my brain is wired yeah. but I just think the opposite and yeah. I, I that's admirable I wish yeah. I could Aww. I wish I could turn it Thank around, you. but so I really oh, don't you like, leave me crying. No, sorry, sorry. No, I really love hearing that. Um, what's your favorite thing to do with Billy? Oh, well, I when it's just you guys at home during the day, what's your favorite thing? To I do? used to love walking to town and getting a coffee, and I'm not loving that anymore because he refuses the pram, he likes to walk and push the pram himself, so it makes him walk very slow. So yeah. that was my favorite I love a cuddle in bed in the morning um he'll come in sometimes and this is a very short snippet he's a very busy boy yeah so he's not cuddle he doesn't sit and cuddle yeah, me a lot yeah, yeah so in the morning sometimes he'll come in and he I love when I'm lying there and he'll put his head on my tummy and that's like for two seconds but I'm like I'll embrace this moment um, what are some essential parts of your own village? My mum and my sister, I like the foundations of my village. They're just mm. amazing. I can remember they were amazing with like anything, anything. I would Because obviously Matt would like I was the one that knew like and he'd be like, you know what you're talking about? I'm like, no, I don't. Like it's brand new. So having my sister and my mum, we've got a little group chat and I'd just flick them a message. Oh, my God, he's woken up or he's doing this cry. Like yeah, what's yeah. going on, blah, blah, blah. So that they're like the foundations of my little village. Um what I'm finding really important as well, I, I read it somewhere the other day, but like the first five years of their life, you know, you've got to read to them, you've got to sing to them. Um, yeah. Connection, obviously, which I'm good at, but community, 
Mm. Um, I think, and that's now one thing I'm working on because I don't, I haven't always lived in Woodford. And obviously, my family is important, but I want mm. him to have connections and can be outside yeah, of our yeah, family so yeah. um Matt's family like I'm close with his sister and yeah we've got they've got children so I've got yeah. like I've got lots of people I'm very lucky yeah um but I think I want to try and and I've, I've started doing it already but like making more friends that have children yeah so that I can have you know just go yeah. over on a Friday and have a play date and have a glass of wine and the kids can play yeah that sort of thing because I do like Matt my my partner and I are very happy just to be with each other and Billy, mm. but like I know that Billy's not going to always yeah. just love that, you know. <laughs> um, and lastly, I just wanted to ask you: Do you want more children, and when? I would love another child. I would love to be pregnant now and having another one pretty soon, or like mm. getting pregnant pretty soon. I don't want too big an age gap between them, but I also didn't want a too smaller age gap yeah. between them because I didn't want to force Billy to grow up quickly. Yeah, but I yeah. think that I'm ready to have another little person and give Billy that he loves other kids yeah like when we go to the you know park or to the beach he, yeah. he's off with the other kids well he and Camden had a good time at yeah group the other week yeah. touring together exactly he, he literally ditches me and I'm like okay this is a call for another kid because he's not interested <laughs> I'm like hi I'm still here yeah but um yeah soon I'd be happy to have one I feel like my body's you know don't they say when your body's healed you're like yeah I'm ready again to do yeah. it all again yeah <laughs> We got through it all. Thank you. So. I've spoken to a few people about what you're doing and I think it's really, really good yeah. to help people, yeah. like to, to make Thank people you. feel like they're not alone. If Definitely. even one person has that sort of similarity, yeah. it's just, The relief yeah. I get when someone has mm. a similar story. Yeah, yeah no, thank you thank so you. much. And thank you for everyone listening um, to our Village Needs podcast. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bye. okay. It's okay. We can take it. <laughs> Bye, everyone.